When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. Welcome back. We are ready to roll as we are, boy, we are in the thick of it, ladies and gentlemen, just back from Big 12 Media Days, and that's why we're uh, podcasting a little bit a uh, day later in the week, so we apologize uh, if you are missing us, but we were down in Arlington, Texas, where I'm going to guess that, Eddie and Bob, your trips were very much like mine, uh, very uneventful outside of uh, getting to talk to the team, which we'll talk about that in a minute, but... Uh, Everybody probably thinks that you know we had a big party down there and and you know went out and just boozed it up and everything, but it it didn't happen for me. I don't know about you guys. Maybe Bob did. I took Bob out to <laughs> Harry Hines until about four thirty on uh, Tuesday night. No, it was uh, it was a very quick trip, but uh, I would say it was a a trip worthwhile. I think we missed kind of the fireworks this morning with uh, Greg Burks admitting publicly that he's a huge pussy, but other than that. I missed that. I've, I've been driving back, so. Oh, the uh, the Big Twelve is going to really down. focus on. Yeah. Uh, oh, taunting. the horns down. I saw your tweet. Yeah, taunting this uh, this year. So it, I can't. I it's roll. It's a big day for the horns up for peace it, movement. It's though. another just massive day for the movement. I couldn't be more pleased with uh, the direction of this conference. I can't. I also can't imagine like standing up. It's not Greg Burke's fault. Like he's just doing what he was told to do, but. He had to have like looked over his shoulder as he was walking out on stage like, you sure you want me to say this in front of all these people? Like, <laughs> you know the idiot that I'm going to look like. But other than that, it was uh, it was pretty good yesterday with Lincoln Riley and, uh, and company. They, uh, they definitely command a uh, presence when, uh, when they're down there at Big 12 Media Day. I thought that was pretty funny. Bob, I will say this. Uh, you know, there are moments that we have had coming out of this pandemic I would say that yesterday for uh, beat writers, for reporters, for journalists, for columnists, for anyone that covers college football, especially in the Big 12, especially in Oklahoma, this was a monumental day to actually be able to look people in the eye, talk to them, uh, ask them more than one question at a time, uh, and wait while stupid people ask them questions so you could talk to them again. Like, it felt like home. It felt normal. It was awesome, was it not? It it was and it it again because it it feels like you're having more of a conversation than an interview and that's when you learn the best stuff is when you're sort of going back and forth instead of like a question answer session. I mean that stuff. It's a relationship, Hall, yeah, that you're like, having with someone about his pinky, like I, like that stuff that you're not gonna get in a Zoom setting because even if you see something like that, you're not gonna bring it up because you're so pressed for time. But on a day like yesterday, you're like you're allowed to have fun. So all you people that think the media suck and we're worthless and oh, you know I, we're not needed, 
Like they aren't. And life we do. can be better. I mean, it's it's it has sucked for the last year. Zoom meetings are the devil. I mean, they're awful. Uh, but you know, yesterday you had like Jeremiah Hall. Uh, jumping in and asking uh, Nick Benito about what he does to get his hair like it was because he doesn't have any hair. Like, those are things that you just don't get to see. We haven't got to see in over a year. We should have traded jerseys with somebody after the game. Like, just <laughs> traded outfits. I, I should have traded, traded outfits with uh, Nate Fagan Nate or Fagan, somebody. Yeah. That would have been pretty cool. Uh, that would have... Why did you think of that now? I mean... Well, I thought about it last night, but it was way too late. I got a lot of... Uh, I did get a lot of people coming up to me and telling me that I need to make you rich. Yeah, let's do it. Let's I mean, do like, that. Like that literally, that's a thing. Like, why isn't Eddie rich? <laughs> like, you're his boss. Well, like, I'm in charge of your social media somehow now. I'm in charge of you You're in charge of, you charge being of an my influencer. monetary uh, right, you inflow. So apparently, now it has been made clear, I am completely in charge of monetizing you no as an pressure. influencer. No pressure, I guess. And how do we know that I'm I mean, not already I'm not rich? Kidding. Like monetarily, I don't need to be rich. I'm rich with life. <laughs> uh, the fact that you have to get three new tires on your car tells me that you are not rich. Can that, you pay? I've just been waiting to do it with life. With life, yeah. riches. I wish <laughs> those quick trip gift certificates aren't going to pay for those tires. I'm sorry. I might try to trade the twenty-five dollar gift card in. <laughs> Although, shout out to uh, Quick Trip because that was. Uh, Definitely awesome. They they we definitely took care there. of us. Yeah, uh, Quick Trip uh, sponsored us, uh, sponsored our travel for Big Twelve Media Days. Uh, they gave us gift cards to take care of all of our gas, and people know about me and gas. Uh, you know, paying my gas money that's a big that's a big thing for me. Uh, and uh, by, by the way, I have they sent a baby blanket for a pearl. Uh, Fired up down in the. It's very soft. I wanted to take it as my own, but they said it was for Pearl. Uh, so I mean, once again, another major uh, company that listens to the unofficial forty podcast, and they got Eddie's, uh, uh, you know, a, a box of Pro V One Titleist. They won't be used. They'll just be I'm um, taking you a sleeve. Gotta, you got to keep them in. You I'm gotta taking keep them a sleeve. That's my that's my commission. I get a sleeve. See, I can't get rich from uh, Pro Vs. Although I guess the resale value. Would be uh, pretty up there, especially if they got the uh, Quick Trip logo. I would say. Wonder like, if any of those are flying over at uh, St. George's right I now. I would say you would be pretty baller if you went out to uh, Belmar uh, or any of the tracks that you are, you know, frequent in Oklahoma City, and you you were you had a Quick Trip Pro V One. I got to think those aren't easy to get. The, the branded ball is uh, is is certainly a move. We saw Tom Brady doing that over at the. Uh, thing he did with Bryson and those guys. Also, quick trip toys for all your girls as well. So uh, thank you for that. And, and tumblers for all of us. And, and by the way, they have an association with uh, Folds of Honor, which is really cool too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great organization. Um, Former Oklahoma golfer Michael Gellerman using the uh, Folds of Honor bag this week at the uh, Barbasol. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah, thank you to Quick Trip. Uh, we love partnering up with you this weekend and, and uh uh, hopefully, everybody out there, go support. If you're from Oklahoma City and you're going to Tulsa or Dallas, uh, get your gas at Quick Trip for us here at the Unofficial 40, at least for a little bit. A little bit. Uh, so, we go down to Big 12 Media Days. We are back. I just got back uh, moments ago. Uh, Eddie and Bob shot back last night. Uh, Bob, let's start with you, though. Record static um, performance, by the way, on the uh, drive back. You really? would not we, believe we how were, we got back. We flew back. <laughs> You know how hard it was for me to get on uh, I-30 from that shit show around uh, uh, Six Flags? Oh, mm-hmm. that's such a bad area. 
Such yep. a bad area. It's been terrible for like five years. They finally when are they ever gonna fix that shit? They finally have the uh, the off ramps ready to go though, because you used to have to like go b- underneath, I think, and then like kind of come back. I, it used I to took be an really off ramp to another off ramp that took me somewhere else. <laughs> you need a good co-pilot, like I had in Bob. We we killed it. We set the uh, land speed record for Arlington to Norman. Express lanes. We were just flying. Once I figured it out, it was fine. I, I mean. Uh, did you guys like break two and a half hours? It was like, yeah, yeah, just it about. Was like right it was like at two, that. Two twenty-five. I was on my couch before tip-off of uh, Game Four last night, and we left at four forty. Yep, it was Impressive. unbelievable. Uh, okay, uh, so yesterday, all, all uh, this is the instance we throw it to our beat writer. We throw it to Bob Prisbillo, and uh, we'll just we'll just say Bob. Your biggest takeaway for media days yesterday, day one, Lincoln Riley, Jeremiah Hall, Nick Benito. Yeah, not too much like groundbreaking news to go over, but I, I did. I like them embracing the expectations for this year because we all know it. We've all said it. And the fact that they're saying, oh, you know, that they're not saying, like, well, we've got to take it one game at a time. The fact that they were openly admitting they understand what could be at stake for the season, how good they really are. I can appreciate that because they shouldn't downplay the fact that I feel this is the most complete team we've seen in Norman since 2008. There's no reason to act like you're not as good as what you really, you know, might end up being throughout the course of this season. So I like that they, they know they're the favorite. They know the targets on their back and they don't care. You know, it, it is interesting going down there, being around other coaches every year, um, being around other players every year. Because let's face it, I mean, and Lincoln Riley ruffled some Texas fans' feathers by continually calling Jerry World their second home, um, which it's not like they beat the Longhorns four years in a row down there. No, I mean, I that, that's been happening for a while now, and I think maybe we they started saying that a lot more last year. I feel like, and maybe that's something that you just miss when you. Mm-hmm. Or when you're you know, on when, Zoom. yeah, when you're on when Zoom you're and you're Zoom, not really exactly. Well, they didn't that, even have it last yeah. year. Sure, but even like at the end of the year last year, yeah, right. You know, Texas yeah. fans were checked State out going and going into Florida. Right, they were saying that, but that's when it's in, in a Zoom and you don't have those other beat writers around. And you have resonate. a Florida linebacker saying the shit that he was saying. Well, and I, I think you know, at the which took all the, the end attention. of the day, it's probably filed under. This is things you talk about when you're 51 days from kickoff having a. Big 12 media day. But the thing about it is, is look, everybody knows OU is the top dog in the conference. Now, Iowa State, I know they believe they're right there. Uh, And, and yeah, I mean, that was a great Big 12 championship game last year. The way they came back after halftime, kudos to Iowa State. Here's the thing for me. I wish that game was earlier in the season. I don't want it like it was last year. I don't – I just – I don't know. I mean, it does give early, it does give October, the other team to recover OU, Iowa if State they lose. Would be awesome. It's probably better for the conference to make that in October because mm-hmm. the other team can come back. Sure. But here's the thing. To me, when I look at Oklahoma, I ask myself this question. Oklahoma appears to be the top dog now. The way they've recruited, the way they started to stockpile talent on defense, they've been the top dog without that. The question is this, is the Oklahoma football program going to elevate itself even higher above the rest of the Big 12 this year and win a national championship? Or is Oklahoma going to stay with the pack, fight for a title, 
and be a little disappointing. I, I really think there's only two ways that you can look at this season. You get championship or bust mentalities, is what you're saying. By the way, Iowa State, what's their ceiling? I mean, I mean they have 20 can of they get 23 better? guys. Can Iowa State get better than they were a year ago? Yeah. Did they can they an, beat Iowa? Can, can they, they just do that once? But what I'm saying is, have they had the influx of talent to improve like I don't Oklahoma know if it, has? I don't know if it's an influx of talent as much as it is. You would imagine when guys are coming back in as much football as they played together, that counts for something, doesn't it? If your culture goes from four-star to five-star, does that make you better if you didn't get better athletes during the offseason to compete with Oklahoma? I just think they're going to be a very, very sound football team. And when you say that, like, I guess that, that sounds easy in a way, but then again, at the same time, it's one of those things. When you return 20 of 23 guys that played last year, a lot of football, mm -hmm. I mean, the, 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 the foursome that they can throw out there as far as uh, Charlie Kohler, Brock Purdy, Greg Eisworth, and uh, who's the receiver? And, He's awesome. And, and Brees Hall. The what? Who the receiver? The receiver. Well, Charlie Xavier Hutchinson. Xavier, Xavier Hutchinson, Hutchinson is Hutchinson. awesome. I mean, throw yeah. those five guys out there. That's a damn good football team. In it most is. conferences, it that is. would be a team that would be picked to probably compete to win the title. So I, I think they're going to be really, really good. I just don't know what that – I don't think the ceiling is – Iowa State can't go win a national championship. Is it weird to say they could win a Big 12 championship? They can't win a national – there were OU – A lot of people are saying that Iowa State and Oklahoma can both be playoff teams this year. Yeah, I, I think Iowa State could make the playoffs. I think that's possible. Because I think OU is a greater unknown than Iowa State is. You know – you got a pretty good idea what Iowa State is. Sure. OU still has some questions. I think that's fair. But are you talking about like when, o, when you say OU has questions – I don't think there's any question that they should, they could and should win the Big 12. But, Josh, let me ask you this. Okay. I, are those questions... OU has questions, but, Josh... Those questions those are, questions, can they win a national championship? If those questions. questions are answered, doesn't it look like OU elevates themselves over any team that they've been up to this point and, and above huh. anybody else in the Big 12 and what they could be? A hundred percent. Like I, I think the easiest way to say it, and it's, it's, this term has become so cliché, I think Iowa State's floor is much higher than Oklahoma's, but Oklahoma's ceiling is much higher than Iowa State's. Like I, I, yeah. I think I, I think there's a chance oh you can beat anybody in the country. I, I my brain for a minute, but now I get it. I get what. You're yeah, saying. like I, I, but at the same time, do I trust Iowa uh, Oklahoma in any situation as much as I probably trust Iowa State? I don't know that I do, and I don't even know that that's fair. That may just be because we're so close to it. Because everyone kind of like, well, yeah, you lost those early games to Iowa State and K State. Well, as it turns out, Iowa State was really good. You know, Kansas State, or excuse me, Iowa State went out and lost again, like Bob referenced earlier, to Iowa. The the hurdle they can't seem to clear. Who, I mean, was okay last year, but not far from any exemplary team. And Louisiana. I mean, like th those are games. If you are a national title contender. You can't lose that game. You just can't. I don't care how good Louisiana. Uh, that that has nothing to do with it. That's not a game you can lose. Well, I, I, it, any game. I mean, you look at that Louisiana game specifically, though. Can't turn the ball over. You can't allow a kickoff to be returned for a touchdown. You can't give up a punt return for a touchdown or a punt blocked. Whatever, whichever one it was. It was two special teams. It was. It was like it that. was like the Kansas State meltdown for Oklahoma last year. You can't make yep. those mistakes. I, I was wondering. Somebody brought up Deuce Vaughn this week. And I was thinking, is there any fan base in the country, or especially in the Big 12, 
that thinks Deuce Vaughn is as good as Oklahoma fans think Deuce Vaughn is. Like he he's become kind of a legend. And I'm like, after the OU game, he was good, but he wasn't. He never looked like that guy again. I don't think he's on the tier of the running backs, and you could even throw the Oklahoma guys that were in there. But just from the guys that were at Big Twelve Media Day, he's not. He's not Brees Hall. He's not no. Bijan Robinson. No. I don't even know if he's a Leedy Brown quite yet. Yeah, Brown? Uh, the, you know, no, the kid from West Virginia. Oh, yeah, is it yeah Leedy yeah, Brown, yeah. Leedy, Letty, Letty, Letty Brown. Yes, Letty. That is something that you know everybody talks about the Purdy Rattler thing. It's a good year for backs in the Big Twelve. There's a lot of good ones. I, I mean, I don't. I mean, obviously, Brees is kind of the guy that I think we all point to as the star. But we, we, I mean, and this isn't you know pat myself on the back, but. Anybody that saw Bijan in high school, that dude, it, it was criminal the way Texas used him last year. Yeah, it appears the only so person good. that doesn't know how good he is is the guy that's no longer coaching him, right? Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, you know, that guy's and a scumbag, anyways. There, there is some connection to be made that OU, while he was being recruited, kind of overlooked him and wanted to focus on Kendall Milton and some others. And then the guy who coached him at Texas didn't, you know, I mean, connect that however you want to. But that that was always a weird thing to me that it played out the way it did. Because, again, Bijan wanted Oklahoma to pay him attention early in the process, and they just weren't that interested. Jeepo, we're coaching anywhere right now? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Kind of tells you. Everything you need to know. The assassination of Jay Bowlware podcast. I did not see this coming. I, I mean, like it's 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 not well, so he much. I mean, Robinson at Texas, though. Yeah, he didn't the, last year. He's saying he's saying the. Oh, first year. he wasn't the running backs coach. He's I not see the what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he tight ends yeah, coach? I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assistant head coach, special teams, and tight ends coach. There's still so much about that that just confuses me. <laughs> I, I, I I just don't understand That's it. That's Drayton's boy. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know that. Yep. I I think I just still clearly my brain doesn't want to process that information. Oh, fuck him. Blame it on him, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you know, let's talk a little bit just about the players before we go into kind of you know Lincoln Riley. Uh, he also did address the brisket at one point during the Big 12 press conference. We can talk about that, or the Big 12 uh, media days. Um, you know, I, we know Jeremiah Hall, and I think that's part of this, Bob, is like we gave Jeremiah Hall the media award for last year, uh, you know, exactly. as good as he was. And he was one of those guys like Mike Halk at OU. Uh, he was kind of, Jeremiah Hall kind of became his go-to guy. Like if Lincoln, uh, you know, of course, they, you know, they start off one and two. Uh, and it was like we were talking to Jeremiah Hall every week because they wouldn't let us talk to anybody else. Uh, and we never hated it. I mean, Jeremiah Hall was a great spokesperson for the team. Uh, he's very mature. Uh, he should have been there at Media Day, uh, and he was. But it, it's like, for whatever reason, people got to kind of see Jeremiah Hall. It was like people were surprised that he was so good. It, maybe it's because we were really the only ones tuned in to Zooms or watching video from Zooms last year. I don't know. Right, and you, you knew you know, there were going to be a lot of people disappointed that Spencer Rattler wasn't there. didn't matter how many times Lincoln would explain why that was the case because he's always been just 
it's a reward for upperclassmen they who deserve the honor like Hall. But if they stuck around, if they could get over it, you know, Hall's thirty minutes was about as good as you would have thought based on how well he handled the situation throughout the course of all of last season. He's just a very engaging personality who's able to speak about the team like almost nobody else. Definitely nobody else on offense has the pulse of that team than Hall. So maybe it's not the Heisman guy, but if you really want to know what's going on in the locker room, in the trenches with the offense, Hall was the guy to talk with. It's kind of like fullbacks over the years. They just have that reputation. They're just really good teammates. It's probably, you, you, it's probably the you position. Even had, yeah, you, you even had Hall say he had to talk to the offensive line. Like, you can talk to Hall about the offensive line because he said, I know I had to get them to get to a bigger and better level, to let Tyrese Robinson, Marquise Hayes, know you guys have got to step it up and be the ones that carry this group. And that's the kind of respect that Hall has in the locker room, that even in a position that's you know not all glamorous, the fullback, you know, tight end, H-back, uh, uh, H he's got that type of respect within his, his peers that he can say that to those guys, and they will respond. Now, you know, one of the things that I, I kind of quizzed Lincoln Riley about was what his role could be. And, and Lincoln was asked a lot about the running back room, and especially after the arrests uh, of Mikey Henderson and, and Trajan Bridges. And he was asked about the culture of the team. And I think everybody that follows the team, it, look, it's a fair question to ask. It had to be asked. I think everybody that's followed this team since Lincoln Riley's taken over, None of us believe like he is, you know, he is just letting people run amok and that uh, the the culture of the program is bad. He hasn't had these problems before, you know, of this variety. I mean, very few people have these problems. It's not like the Kansas situation with Les Miles and uh, paying a guy to go away. Like, that's a terrible culture. Like, that is... Uh, it's arguable. Debatable. The, whether the culture was... Tar- were you saying that the... Bullying culture is acceptable in your eyes? I kind of found the kid to be a little bit of a loser, to be honest with you. The carpenter kid or whatever. Didn't like him driving the Jaguar? Well, that rubbed me the wrong way, but just sounded like a little bit of a bitch. Kind of a narc. Telling on teammates and stuff. (laughs) Might have deserved it. Okay, I could see that coming from you. I I mean, he obviously was a very good football player. He's a walk-on that earned a scholarship. Of course, that probably happens a lot at Kansas. Probably happens more often, or probably should happen more. Yeah, uh, but you know, back to the running backs and Jeremiah Hall. I kind of you know quiz Lincoln like, could he be a guy that gets more reps at running back? And essentially, what Lincoln said first off, he said, which was interesting. Bob, you wrote about it already uh, that he really sees Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks being the two guys that are the most involved. He didn't phrase it that way, but you can paraphrase it however you want. Uh, two starters, uh, the the guys that will get the most carries. Uh, and to me, it seemed like his, and I asked, like, he basically explained Jeremiah Hall's presence in the running back room as uh, break glass in case of emergency, like they used Dimitri Flowers in Iowa State several years ago. Yeah, and that's going to have to be the case when you only have four scholarship guys. That's just the way it's going to work out. If they can all stay healthy, then... Hall's never going to have to be used in that position, but running back is just, that's a spot. You don't see guys stay healthy for the entire season. It's just, someone's going to be banged up, and you, you never, 
but you know Hall can carry that type of load if it's asked. So that's why he's someone that you can lean on. But ideally, of course, you don't want him to be in that spot. You want him to be the tight end and be the anchor of that group. And it also tells you, I think, guys, doesn't it, that Jeremiah Hall's going to be a big part of this offense as an H-back. Because you've got Austin Stogner that's coming back from his staff staff infection. Braden Willis coming off of an injury. Uh, It's obvious to me that... I think there's a lot of his trust role in what, on this team is being the H. There's a lot of trust in what Hall can be able to do, yeah, because of his versatility. But at the same time, it's like I kind of walked out of there yesterday, like the number one thing, thinking they better not have any. And it's hard to say this because of the history at the position, but they need Gray and Kennedy Brooks to stay as healthy as possible. Sure. I and you know I who knows what you're going to get out of a Marcus Major? Big question mark. Uh, who knows what Trey Bradford can offer, but they it's imperative. That's like one of the number one positions, I feel like, going into the season that you just can't sustain a quarter where Eric Gray goes down and then all of a sudden Kenny DeBrooks goes down and then you're really screwed. I had uh, posted uh, Eddie's best of from Lincoln Riley uh, on the website, and I was watching the video, Eddie. And what struck me watching that video is the – pass that Spencer Rattler made in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. Oh, to uh, Marvin Mims in the uh, Florida game? Yes, because I don't know that Marvin Mims was ever brought up yesterday. No. Which is bizarre to me. I mean, he is like (laughs) one of the best freshmen in the entire country. Like, I don't want to say that he's, you know, if you come to a place like Oklahoma and you're a star freshman receiver, you're you're not going to get a lot of publicity. But my God, has anybody ever been less publicized that was a freshman All-America on pretty much every list that ever existed uh, last year. And nobody's really talking about him as the strength of the team. The guy's name that came up time and time again was Theo Weiss, yeah, I thought. yeah, From the players yep. first, and that's why I asked Lincoln Riley about it. Sure. But it just seems like everybody loves uh, the attitude that Theo Weiss has had in his rehab. He had to finally get stronger. If he's injured his leg, you finally had to put that upper body weight on, and you can kind of hear that's what Riley was saying, the way that injury forced him to work on things that maybe he hasn't so much in the first two years he's been in Norman. Josh, what surprised you the most about Theo Weiss's production in college so far? I mean, the easy answer is the lack of it, right? I mean, but the, but I mean, just in in how he has played, how he's used compared to what you scouted all throughout high school. I thought of Theo as of the three five stars. I thought he was the most sure-handed guy of the three. Mm-hmm. He he was never a double catch kind of guy. Was usually very good, and seeing some of the troubles he had last year. And I, guys, you know, I mean, we we would talk about it, you know, on the on the few post game pods I didn't even, you know, just wrapping it up later through the week. There was uh, I never had that feeling like, oh, he can't do this. It just felt like something was wrong. Like I don't know, you know, if it was his head wasn't there or what it was, but I, I, you don't suddenly forget how to catch like that. Just that doesn't happen. And I mean, I th- there's reasons that you could go into where a guy would have trouble. I just didn't think that's what it was. It just looked like a guy that was not as locked in as I'm used to seeing him. And I don't think there's anything better in the world for Theo Weiss than knowing everybody out there, and, you know, us included, was kind of like, this is a, this is, it's now. Either do it or don't, you know, because to me, this year feels a lot like what, um, what we kind of thought of Charleston Rambo going into last year. Like, 
it's time to do it. If you're going to be a guy, if you're going to be an elite dude, now's the time. And OU needs Theo Weiss to become that guy. They need another guy alongside Marvin Mims. And if Jaden Hazelwood can get back to his prior form, that's a threesome that's as good as any, or at least as talented as any wide receiver group in the country. But yeah, Theo, it's not ability. Ability is not the problem. I don't know what it was last year, but you know, I, Bob has a point. I mean, him getting more physical at times, you know, you can look back in high school, he could get bullied around a little by bigger and stronger receiver or corners, but how many of those is he facing in, in high school? In college, it changed for him, and I don't know how quickly he adapted to it. Was it Theo that Lincoln was talking about that had really worked on his route running over the course of the summer? Because I, I couldn't tell. It was, Jeremiah it was during, Hall. Okay, it was yeah, Jeremiah yeah. Hall. Okay. Yep. Because it was during the breakout session, and you, you couldn't just, hear the question. You couldn't hear it yeah. from back there, and the the audio didn't pick it up either. So I didn't know if plus you got who the they big were talking giant about fans from the big screen going all the time. Yeah, it's a pretty loud place. Yeah, Jerry World is. Well, it, and here's the thing, guys. Like you talk about Theo Weese, and and I think you can include Jaden Hazelwood in this category. Like, have they had the drive that they needed to be great as receivers? I think you can question that. Here's their problem. I think from everything I've heard, Mario Williams does have that drive. And he's willing to just take your job away from sure. you if you can't raise your level of play. I, I've i said it over and over again. Those Florida guys and their, hey, our first profanity, their give a f- is extremely low. They the don't first. care. That wasn't the first. They're going to they're gonna take a job. They're going to go do... Whatever they, they they there's no oh that guy's a senior I got to give him his due they don't they they're not wired like that most <laughs> Florida guys and Mario is absolutely not wired that way he is a he he's there to take a job that that's his plan I think that's good they need more of that down there but I mean especially like you said, at the wide receiver position if you have Theo if you have Marvin Mims if you have Jaden Hazelwood. Uh, then you add Mario Williams, you're going to find your guys. I mean, yeah, I mean the guy that doesn't get talked about it probably any, and you kind of forget that he's never even participated in a practice is uh, Mike Woods and what he's going to bring yeah, from Arkansas. Yeah. I, I think Riley put it pretty simply. Drake Stoops got a lot of drive to be great. They fit well. He's going to win the Blitnikoff. <laughs> they, I think Riley said it simply yesterday. They know they're going to be good, but are they going to be great? And are they going to be great enough to be elite? And if they're elite. I think you got a guy in Spencer Rattler that's going to be able to get him the ball. That's yeah. that's 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 the easy part. And yeah, if they're if they're elite, it's going to be an offense that touchdowns. sure. If they're elite, it's going to be an offense that is back in that 16, 17, 18 type. Did you guys ever get the sense yesterday that Lincoln just wanted to come out and just flat out say, "I'm not really that worried about our defense." Oh, I mean, I when people would ask yep. him about how does this become a championship team. It always seemed like he, and it, I know he's the offensive coordinator, so it makes sense that he's going to, you know, look at it through that lens, and he's trying to motivate those guys and get them to be better. But I just, I just felt like there was kind of a glimmer in his eye that was like, I ain't I, worried about those. I think he, I mean, it, it's pretty obvious, the, and it's it's kind of funny. It's like the uh, the progression from seventeen eighteen, uh, maybe even shades of nineteen and Grinch's first year, but it's no longer like when are you going to play defense? It's like specific questions about Nick Benito and kind of his backstory or, you know, the linebacker core. They're as deep as they've ever been or the they defensive line. They haven't got to the point, like, could you be the best defense ever in Oklahoma history? Like, they're not, they haven't reached that level yet. Sure. 
But if they have a great year and are the number one defense in, in the Big 12 and are like one of the top five defenses in the country, people are going to start talking about the defense in those terms again. No, I, I think that that's yeah. very fair. I, I, it's, the, it's like the question has turned from can this defense actually be good to how good can this defense be? Sure. Like, that, that, how that dominating seems to be, can they be, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, and guys, I don't know about you, and I, I was talking about this yesterday. Is it Does it feel like nationally there's still this, like, this hesitancy about Oklahoma's defense? Like, oh, that, that can't be real. Like, that last two months, 2020 was weird. It feels like everybody's really trying to ride off the defense. Like, there it's are, not I, as good as you think it was. There are a lot of dumb fucks out there, but I think that those that number has fallen. That mm-hmm. people that actually are willing to say that out loud, because if you say that out loud after watching the last <laughs> two years, you're a dumb. Fuck. Well, I just don't think that you're watching if you don't think that they're playing. Well, you haven't watched since the defense. Rose Bowl. I mean, I it, it's hard to not look at a guy like a, you know, whoever I. Nick Benito's probably everybody knows that he's a pretty damn good player, but Perion, yeah, look at Perion, or you know, look at the uh, development of David Awegbu, or look at Brian Osamo or Deshaun White. Like those guys, if you can get them to be and take that next step, because we saw him take a step from year one to year two. If they take that next step from year two to year three, they could be really, really good. And, I, and then, the, and then I think that kind of goes into. Like them being an actual contender for a national title, as opposed to just being happy with the Big Twelve championship and you know another appearance in a college football playoff. This is the only reason why I could see people still say it because Grinch's first year, everyone's talking about how much they improved until they put they gave up sixty three to Burrow and the Tigers, and that gives you ammo if you don't pay attention to say that's still the same Oklahoma defense. They think they're better but they're really not. Yeah, that's I, an ignoring I, a lot of factors. Yeah, it is, I, I would like to, I mean, and I know that, yeah, and I know that's not what and you're you know saying, what? Bob. You know why I call them dumb f***s then? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And just compare, compare the rosters, the, like when you talk, I mean, just compare the Alex Grinch type players that were on that roster then and now. I mean, you're complete, talking about Kenneth it's a Murray, completely basically. different looking team. I mean, you had a team uh, that basically had two NFL-looking players that could step off the bus for you, and Kenneth Murray and Neville Gallimore. And that was it. Yep. And now they have those guys go, have a, those guys all over the place. They have a 6'2 junior college cornerback in Justin Harris. He's probably not even going to start. Yep. yep. Guys, I mean, that's the thing. You know, I, I thought maybe in going into the spring, I thought, well, the secondary is a question. At this point, safety. Safety is my only question right, on I that agree. defense. Everybody else can play. The the corners, I, guys. I mean, when you if it's if it's DJ Graham and Woody Washington, like I think it'll be, that's as good a tandem as OU's had in a long time at corner. Jeremiah Cradell did get a big endorsement from Lincoln Riley yesterday. And Woody got a big endorsement from yeah. Benito. Yeah, and he should. I wanted to stand up and just give a standing ovation right there. I mean, I've been a, I've I've been man crushing on Woody for a while now. Forgot if it was like PFF or somebody put out a one of those crazy ass numbers, and he didn't give up like a a ball. I think over fifteen or twenty yards last year. 
But here's the or maybe it was he didn't give up a touchdown. Here's the X factor, Josh. Forget the X factor, and I think there's a reason why everybody asks about him. Billy Bowman might be the X factor for this defense. I uh, he absolutely could be. I mean, and honestly. I think they found the perfect role for him because we talked about it forever when he was being recruited, guys. Where does he play? Is he a safety? Is he a corner? Is he a receiver? Well, they've got that nickel role, and that seems like that's going to be ideal because they can do a lot of different stuff with him, and he's one of those guys that literally the better he, the closer he is to the ball, the better player he is. He is not a – he's one of the anomalies. He's not the height, weight, speed guy. He is just a really, really good football player – and I think it says a lot that, again, he doesn't match up with all the things that we talk about with Alex Grinch, and they didn't care. Even though he was committed to Texas, they didn't stop recruiting him. They stayed after him, and then they went and got him. I mean, there is, there's a lot to like about Billy Bowman. And, I, I you know, guys, the thing – and I, you know, some people on our board bring it up a lot, and they're right. I think his impact it could – it absolutely will happen on defense. I, I think he'll have a, a quality role through the year. Don't overlook him as a return guy. Even though he's not he's not going to run like Mario Williams and some of those other guys, he's fast enough and he's really instinctual as a return guy. I, it wouldn't shock me at all if he if he gets some run. Um either, you know, and I know Marvin Mims obviously will be in that in that role as well. So th- they've they've got a good bunch of return guys that could help him out. I would love to see uh and I'm opening myself up to you don't know football. Uh, I would love to see just a breakdown of how the NFL uses and classifies the slot corner versus how colleges use a nickelback, and if they aren't becoming kind of the same thing. Because we all know the nickel was essentially created in a 4-3 to replace a linebacker to give, I mean, the Roy Williams, the Roy back. I mean, that's what the nickel be kind of was born out of. But now... You don't really need a linebacker slash coverage guy. And I think that's yeah. why the NFL calls him a slot corner. Oh, I, I think that's it's almost the same thing. And Billy, like I said, Billy brings enough of that that he's he's fine. And I think he'll, you know, because those guys that are the slot corners, they have everybody kind of like tries to make them, oh, it's it's the same thing. It's a little different. They have a little different role. That they're having to worry um, you know, they have different concerns, different conflicts, stuff like that. So I, I like the idea of him there. I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think also, you know, if you don't feel that's his long-term answer, that's not where he's going to be all four years, you get some answers. Like, okay, he, you know, we, we like him in this aspect, but we think maybe safety is going to be better because he struggles a little bit with this. You know, we, we can't lock him up in man uh, on a slot corner, so we can put him at safety. We can cover him up a little bit. But he can still come down in the box. We can, you know, it, it gives you some, some, ugh, excuse me, some further answers to what you want to do with him. But I, again, Billy Bowman's one of those guys that if you if you had told me when signing day happened, okay, which three or four guys are gonna play next year? I I would have bet on Billy Bowman because he is just an outstanding football player. Who else is over there in that that nickel role? I mean, I guess is is it Billy Bowman than everybody else, or can Justin Harrington fill in some there? Like, I, I just, like, I, I, we don't know where some of these guys are being positioned. I've right just now. never yeah. understood. It feels like they have so much talent out on the corners. Like, why would you move guys out there? I just, I haven't understood that. Like Bryson Washington, Keith Lawrence, some of these Jordan Mukes. Like, we don't, 
have a real clear idea of where they all fit in. Yet. I suppose it's a good problem, though. I mean, it's a better problem than they've had in the past years where you're like, God damn, there's, they have to play these, you know, this guy here, this guy there, because they just don't have any bodies. Let's, well, spring let's, game and, wonder was like Kendall Dennis. That, he played phenomenal in spring game. Let's start yeah, a smear and, campaign on name, image, likeness, and how you know negatively impacted it is by closed practices. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like it. Closed practice is just no, the worst to begin with. No one's getting to see you score those touchdowns on Tuesday afternoon, boy. I mean, let's, let's get it going. Let's roll. You are not but, getting that Canes deal if people can't hear about <laughs> the tackles and interceptions you had in practice versus games. Mm-hmm. Third string defensive tackle. You know how you get some. You get some love. You got to get some sacks in practice, bro. That's going to be the new promotion over at the Alameda Raising Canes. Buy five boxes, get a uh, a practice a practice pass. like a thirty minute practice pass for free. Oh, that's amazing. I'll take you know, one for the team. I'll eat the five boxes, okay? <laughs> Guys, one of the one of the interesting, you know, and I know Justin Harrington comes up a lot, but I mean, OU seems engaged in this cornerback idea, and I I won't say that I understand it, but you know, whatever. The thing, the guy that I think kind of gets lost, and you know, Bob mentioned Kendall Dennis. Josh Eaton is the same way. Josh Eaton yeah. played a lot early on, and I thought played okay, but Devon Graham just came on so much there as the year went on that it, that Eaton just lost more and more time and I don't know that it was because Eaton did anything wrong so much as Graham just really excelled down the stretch last year so I you know he's such a big and long guy now he's real skinny so I don't know how that would work but I, you wonder is he talented enough that you kind of let's let's cross train him a little bit let's see if we can find somewhere that he can make an impact well I'm going to be curious during camp if Jaden Davis reasserts himself a little bit too because I think we all kind of, you know, we look at DJ Graham and, and uh, Woody Washington kind of as the de facto starters and on the outside Grinch's corner. Guys. Yeah. That's who Grinch and Manning would want compared to someone of the sides of Davis. But, I mean, but now he again, should be go... healthy. I mean, how, I mean, he's very, mm-hmm. I mean, he's been talked up a little bit. I mean, and you've noticed that he's a really good teammate. I mean, yes. like on Twitter, he's sure. always. You know, he's always supporting his team. Well, it just goes back to the idea, too. And I think it was the first question that uh, Riley answered during the breakout session, uh, or maybe the second, but it was, you know, when Alex Grinch got here, the first thing that they decided they needed more bodies. And so I guess it is a good thing. It's like everybody's trying to figure out, oh, who's going to be the 11, when in reality, you probably need to figure out who's going to be the, I don't know, 22. 22 to 25, I guess. We'll throw we'll throw three more other bodies in there. <laughs> They'll need as many as they possibly can, some extra especially on the rushers. defensive yeah, defensive line and stuff like that. One thing I didn't ask yesterday, I I wanted to ask Nick Benito is just how Marcus Stripling has been doing moving to that position. I'm sure it would have just been. It's kind of one of those things you just ask the question. So if they say really, you know, if it's just a bunch of niceties, you know, like oh, okay, he's not doing that great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I mean I thought kind of like the underlying. Uh, and I put it up on the board. I, I, I told you yesterday, like I, I knew that like Benito had a rough time his freshman year, but to hear Riley, the way that he talked about him, uh, you know, basically like, I think he said he was hard to reach at times. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I find that story to be pretty, uh, when you kind of take a kid out under of the, the radar, when you take a kid out of the program completely though, and just make him do a full year of strength and conditioning, I might be kind of hard to reach too. <laughs> I mean, I think well, he that played that... a couple of games because yeah. he's in the four-game rule, so he played early, and then Mike gets relieved. Yeah, who's the guy that brought him there? 
That's why I asked the question. Nick kind of misunderstood what I was trying to get, but that that's fine. But I, I did thought it was interesting that Benito said he still talked with Mike Stoops. But that did happen, though. Like, he played a couple of games, and they're like, okay, he, he needs development time. So we're Correct. just going to have him not come to games, not dress out. He'll practice, but he'll he'll spend most of his time with Benny Wiley trying to just develop his body. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I, maybe that's part of it, why he was hard to reach, why they decided to kind of put him in that program. And Marcus Hicks went through the same program, too, which we haven't talked about. Uh, Lincoln Riley confirming that, yeah, he has moved to the offensive line. It was kind of a, a for now type of statement, I thought. Yep. Like he didn't want to. Yeah, you don't know. Like completely that, yeah. eliminate the possibility that he might still move back. Which is, you know, I, I, it's great if they can get him on the field at some point. But at the same time, like I was kind of excited to see what he was going to become. I thought he looked pretty damn good at just walking around physically. <laughs> He didn't. We didn't get to see him do that very much, though. With no, the not with the, uh, the not injuries. with the Achilles and stuff. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like physically, he looks the part. But I, I know Josh, you sort of mentioned in our own little text group that you think offensive lines a really nice fit for him, just based on what his skill set is. I, you know, I can remember seeing him at the Nike camp when he was, I think, going into his junior year, and he was so long and lean then. And you kind of thought, man, I, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how he's going to fit. But then the next time I saw him, he'd put on like thirty pounds, and you were like, well, okay. I, I, I kind of saw him as a pass rusher, and then it immediately changed a defensive tackle. But then when he gets to OU, and you start seeing pictures of him, you're like, man, that's a, that's a big guy, big lower body, you know, kind of not what you know, not the big high cut guy like you tend to see. Uh, on, as a defensive lineman, but at the same time, he's a good enough athlete that I, I thought, okay, you know, give him the shot at defensive tackle. But if that's not going to work out, I think this move makes a ton of sense. I mean, he is a long-armed, just natural athlete that goes from being a pretty good, you know, uh, a pretty good athlete on the uh, excuse me on the defensive line to being a very good athlete on the def- uh, excuse me on the offensive line. God, I can't get it right. Um, but no, I, I think this is really intriguing. I think this is, and this is something that, you know, I guess I go back to my formative years of covering OU and their recruiting. This is what they did all the time. So I, I guess this is just right down my wheelhouse. And, you know, you look at, you know, obviously you got great examples like Lane Johnson, but even going back farther, guys like Frank Romero, you know, stuff like that, where they just moved guys that were big bodies into position to say, Hey, give this a shot. Let's see if this will work. And if he'll buy in, there's no question to me that he can be a useful player. Uh, now, I don't want to go too crazy because we just don't know. We've never seen him slide his feet. We've never done anything like that. But you can't convince me that he can't be at least a, a good roll, swing tackle, you know, the third guy that's going to back up left and right or do something along those lines because he's just too big and too talented. It really, in my experience watching that happen, it just comes down to whether the player embraces the move or not. If he doesn't embrace yep, the yep. move, it won't happen. Uh, There'll be a Michael Thompson deal. Yeah, he'll 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 you know enter oh. the portal and you know try and be a defensive tackle somewhere else. Bob, why do you have to bring up shit that you know hurts me? Like <laughs> Michael Thompson could have been a first round left tackle, and it still pains me. Oh, I'm not okay. Where is he now? Who knows. Retweeting OU players, I like. I I finally unfollowed him after a long time, but he was still like somewhat engaged with it. And you're like, what are you doing, man? You could have like done something. 
and he just didn't. I still talk to Tyson Ford every week. I bet you do. That's <laughs> although I, you know, no, that's a great freaking kid. I would know. Ne- I'd never say a bad thing about Tyson. He's a, he's really a good kid. Uh. I guess we should note to the uh, kind of the strange, like the no one else thing. I I don't really know what's going on there. He's not on the roster anymore. He's not in the portal. I don't know that. It should tell you everything that it took three and a half hours for somebody to even point it out. Um, I think a lot of people are like, "Who's no one else again?" Freshman offensive lineman. Yeah, I I have I, I I haven't mentioned this to you guys. I've talked to a few people about that. Oh, um, you, you you gotta do it on the pod before you tell us. <laughs> yeah, this is news to me. Yeah, yeah so this is so board. So, so when, when, when the board is mad, know that the even the three guys I'm talking to, I have not relayed this information. It why, happened. Why do we give you a paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> I got into it late last night, and I kind of honestly was almost half awake as I was having the conversation with the person I was talking to. And it doesn't sound like the plan is to enter the portal, um, from what I was told. It sounds like, do I want to keep doing this? Okay. Um, is the, is the vibe I got that Noah is going through, you know, obviously relayed from a, Maybe from a source. Maybe just doesn't love the game like he thought he did. I, you know, I don't know about that. I think I, I, I won't say it, it may be that. I just don't have that much detail. It just doesn't sound like, oh, I'm unhappy at Oklahoma. It just sounds like he's kind of working through some stuff, and I and I don't know what that's going to mean. Um, but yeah, so like I said, based on a conversation I had with someone, it just sounds like I wouldn't expect him to pop up in the portal tomorrow. I think there there's probably just some things that are being worked out. I don't think it's anything bad, from what I understand. It's just you know I don't know a I young mean, guy just kind of thinking through some things to a certain extent. I kind of admire somebody that does something like that as opposed to just going through the uh you know going through the motions every day and i don't want to say like taking up a spot that somebody else could use but you know to a certain extent taking up a spot that somebody else could use yeah yeah i mean i just like to practice and they they give me a scholarship for it. it's like man you need to (laughs) reevaluate you could be going out to the bars every night like go do you i i know and i mean i'm certainly certainly not making the comparison between these two people but I know that there are some that think Justin Shashan's problem was that he didn't really want to play football, and like that was that was how he identified himself. He's like, "Oh, I'm good at this. I do this, so I'm going to keep playing football." And it led to some of his problems. Like he sure. was just doing something that didn't make him happy. Wasn't he chasing? And he, I can't ever remember. Kel, I know Kelvin was Shashan. Kelvin was Shashan, and he was yeah, yeah. And I think, I think he was chasing. I think you're right. Chasing, yeah, chasing. Yeah, I think that's what. Chasing. Yeah, I think it's it's right. You're right. Um, you know, that, that's the takeaway around. though to have Stop here, Terry. Damn it. We avoided <laughs> this, Eddie. We avoided this name. It was like ten years ago. Just like recently on the podcast, and you're talking. Well, he's about the one that brought it up. And by hammer, I mean screwdriver. God. Oh no. I hope the guy's okay. Mm. Seriously, sounds like isn't he, had, he like he wasn't he doing like visual media Richard or Sherman something moment. last we'd seen or something? My God, that I have no Sherman idea. Thing. I think during well, never mind. <laughs> you don't want to dig that hole any deeper, do you? No, I I was gonna say something else, but it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with somebody else that goes without spoken, spoken, speaking, speaking, speaking about, speaking about yeah. Okay. Does Fresh Eddie have quiz. a death wish? He seems like some of the people he goes at the hardest 
are the Please OU players that have a criminal record. Please tell me you were going to make an L.J. Moore reference there. No, I wasn't. I was going to say okay. something about Bryce Youngquist. Well, he didn't mm. do anything to anybody, just except not sh- ever show up. And and still is, to this day, one of the biggest question marks that has ever been out there. That'd be something good for you to investigate this weekend. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I was going to say. I might go try to find him. Was that the last time you were out there, Eddie? Not... I mean, I went out there. At least the, in a work capacity. Well, I was out there for the Rose Bowl in 2017. Oh, and yeah. The Bruins okay. game. I don't know if I'm liking this trip now. Bad things happen when you go out <laughs> west. I know. I survived. A, I almost survived a shooting last time I was out we there. We did. We did survive the Walking out to the car. Didn't almost. They were literally f- shots fired right outside of our car. I know. we were driving off. That's what I'm saying. It's a wild, wild place. Are we just going to be ambiguous about this trip? No, I, I. If you're wondering what we're talking about, I'll be headed out to uh, Los Angeles this weekend to cover Malachi Nelson's uh, commitment ceremony. Commitment ceremony, yes. And in case you are wondering why I won't be there, I'll be having a narwhal birthday party at my house. What so. is a narwhal? You said that earlier. I don't know what that is. Oh my god! You've never Eddie, seen I, Elf. You don't. You've never seen the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. Not all of it. I've seen parts of it. Okay. Uh, okay. That's it, forgivable. It's, it's the whale that has the horn on its nose. Um, when he's until... leaving the when he's leaving the North Pole for the first time, he jumps on the he jumps on the piece of ice, and the whale comes out, and he's like, "Hi, Narwhal." Sure. I sure. Knew, yeah. But I knew what Brian a narwhal Kelly, was before Brian that. Movie. Like, what sure. kind of childhood did you have? Just beer See, and cigarettes? We just watched sports. This is... is I, know, I didn't Carrie, know if, you know, like, narwhal was from, like, a uh, a current modern-day, like, Disney depiction or something. Did you have any books in your room, you. like, when you were a kid? Yeah, there's, like, SI for kids and <laughs> bootleggers boy. <laughs> His dad, it was like three watch, and he's your bootleggers boy. Just not start until you're like nine years I, old. I didn't watch cartoons. I didn't watch any of that kind of stuff. Elf did come out when Eddie was in high school, so it's not like it's a childhood. I mean, I've seen Elf. I did. I just didn't but know regardless that. Regardless of Elf, people, <laughs> mo- I would think that most of Americans know what a narwhal is. I don't like people with imaginations. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. That the uh, the what started this is like six months ago. Laney thought narwhals weren't real. She thought they were like unicorns because of that horn. Right. And I and we were talking, and I was like, "Baby, they're real. Like that they they exist." She's like, "They're real," and it blew her mind. And ever since then, we've been we've been all in on the narwhal train. So there's our Laney talk. Go ahead and have your shots, everybody at home. <laughs> I don't think we have a drinking game yet. I, in statement. No, I I almost I almost broke one out. Uh, I am. Here alone, Tiffany's got plans tonight. The girls will have to be picked up for a little while. I was like, I may break out whiskey during the podcast, but I, I decided to abstain. Uh, but as soon after- as we're done, it's only the afternoon. Yeah, it's oh, I, you know, when, more when you than, have more one than of those weird problems, you don't worry about that stuff. It's more than acceptable. Bob, I'm going to rely on you to get us back on track. Uh, what <laughs> haven't we talked about that, about Lincoln Riley's <laughs> comments yesterday that that intrigued you? We vaccinations, maybe you talked about vaccinations. image likeness or the twelve team playoff. Those are both things that Riley actually gave some real insight on, especially mm-hmm. the name image likeness when he sort of mentioned illegal, you know, paying people illegally in recruiting, actually coming out and saying it 
and how maybe this levels the field a bit. I thought in the breakout room he took a kind of, I wouldn't even say unwarranted, but he didn't mince words as far as, uh, did he, he said uh, they basically the NCAA hung him out to dry when it came oh, yeah. to yep. yeah. ruling. I Absolutely. mean, I, I think, you know, if somebody else says that, that probably is, gets a little bit more play. I don't know if it's been out there on like SportsCenter and stuff, but uh, you know, Nick Saban says something like that. That's headline news. I thought the same thing. Like that's a very strong statement. I wonder if this is going to create a stir. And I, I just, I honestly, I haven't seen if anybody's picked it up. I'm sure that the uh, clickbait sites have, but other than that, like, I, there, there's just so much unknown as far as the name, image, likeness stuff, and I think that like, you know, we were talking about this uh, maybe even yesterday. I've been decently surprised that it's more quiet than I thought it was going to be. And maybe there's stuff that we haven't heard about. Like, Chris Kleiman said that Manhattan is a... Uh, I forgot the the term that he used, but basically gold said mine. Manhattan... It, was it gold mine? Gold mine. A gold for mine for image. stuff like that. And I, I could yep. see that because you're going to have companies that are probably more apt to throw in a kid five $600 to do something as opposed to somebody in a bigger city that maybe is holding out for something bigger. I don't know. Maybe And maybe there is stuff in the works that just hasn't been announced but outside of like you know Derek King and then Rattler obviously with his clothing line there really hasn't been a whole lot out there no as far as like people big, actually big getting paid. deals being done yeah I kind of thought it would be a little bit more and maybe maybe it's way too early in the process to even start digging into something like that I think what we learned yesterday about NIL is that a lot more people are taking a wait and see approach than a let me go out and get what I can approach. Sure. And, I mean, basically, there's three guys that are at the top of the list. You mentioned Derek King, Mackenzie Milton, and Spencer Rattler. Can you think of any other three players that have made as big a splash? Not, in a, I not mean, anything out there the, publicly. Who's the basketball player for Iowa? It was a funny splash, but it wasn't a big splash. Oh, the kid that did the fireworks stand? Yes. Uh, Bo Hannon? Bo yeah. Hannon, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Ryan, Jordan, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Bo Hannon. Okay. Came on Thibodeau, but that's more for future. Oh, not yeah. No, no, no. That, no, he should be included. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I haven't gone to OpenSea to see how many of those things he sold, but he was, I mean, he was selling those for, there was like 1,200 of them. Sell them for a hundred a piece, and people were buying them. So, but no, I mean, I'll say this: after listening to the questions and answers about twelve team playoff and NIL, I just wasn't as interested anymore. I, I just there weren't enough compelling answers or thought provoking answers that made me think, "Huh, that's really interesting." And maybe that's just because I've just been digging into this stuff left and right, like the name and likeness stuff. Yeah. I just don't think anybody really knows. I, there that's was, what it is. I mean, there they was just one. That's know. what Benito said. That's yeah. flat out what Nick said. Sure. He said he talked to his dad about it, uh, and they've discussed it. I think everybody needs but, to have, like, something of a plan, but, like, I I don't necessarily consider you can, a kid getting thing. 150 bucks from Cameo to be, like, name, image, likeness. That's just, By like, way, common sense type did, shit. Did you see my breakdown that Kersey attacked me for on Cameo? Like, yeah, I don't really understand basically, uh, you lose, how you... You lose half of that money to fees. If you go through Cameo? Right. Or through, through the, the app? Through the, the Cameo app, yeah. Which I would assume it's most people money do. Grab. Like Spencer Rattler, I think, what was it? If you book him on the app, it's $177, but he ends up making like 92 in the end. 
90, I mean, knock 10 of those out every hour and a half. Yeah. Decent money. I guarantee Mario Williams didn't know that salary structure for putting his out there for 25. Is that what his is? Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I Kid puts out a cameo thing. I'm not really paying attention to it. It's good for the fans if they want it. We did really consider having Spencer Rattler cameo media day. <laughs> Media day for but then when I realized how many questions we'd have to send in and pay 177 per each question, I Josh would have killed me. It is pretty well. Tiffany, w- Tiffany would have Tiffany, Tiffany would have murdered me and sent someone for you. So we'd be a we, we'd be a leaderless ship. Uh, Eddie and Bob would take over and run this much cleaner and better. I don't know about cleaner. Time, Eddie. I don't know Time. about I don't know yeah, about cleaner. Eddie, not, this, is, well, this is why we don't tell Josh about stuff. It's it's a balance because Bob is clearly cleaner than either of us. I guess I won't say are... at the Ritz this weekend either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry, I booked it. Awkward pause. Uh, I do have a question for you, Josh. This is a question for you. Okay. Uh, do you do Eddie? Maybe you do Bob. I don't know. Do you do like the car, I, and this is something I just found out that was even available until recently. Do you do the car wash membership program where you can just go get your car washed at any time and just play a, pay a flat monthly fee? We do a Tiffany's car. See, uh, I we, knew that was going to be the answer. Yep. We, we, uh, <laughs> no, and we don't with mine because I'm anal retentive about cleaning my car and I don't want to do, I'll, like, I'll go do it myself. Oh, this I, is I another spray. lawn argument, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. This is something like when I was a kid, my mom would go wash her car on like Sundays. And so now that's when I feel like I'm, I, I don't always get to go do it on Sunday. Like an homage like to I, your mother? Like I have to, you know, like I, I go and do the spray myself and I bring towels and I dry, like I don't, I, I don't let anybody else really mess with it. I, I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I only get my get... car washed after an oil change because I get a free car wash. <laughs> I'll go... I, I, no, I mean don't that laugh. That's so That's... on brand. I love. No, it. I did that too for the longest time, Bob. <laughs> but yeah, you know, whatever. Of course, you're not proud of your car. You don't even think it could fit on you know Owen Field with the rest of them. <laughs> I know, right? Screwed. The Elantra could. I take it to the red carpet every once in a while. Taken out of it. It's a pretty nice little process they got going on over there. Well, I did. Yes, I, I do like red carpet. I, I is that the one on Maine? Oh, they have them all over oh, Northwest yeah, Oklahoma City. There's I, one on May. There's one on yeah, uh, Northwest Expressway. Yeah, yeah, right across Whatever the street. The, I think I have Cruise Spa or something like that in Norman. But like, I never did this until I got the new car. But now, like, because we just drove to Dallas and there are bugs all over my car, it's driving me crazy because I want to go get the car wash. Now that I have smells un- great, like, unlimited car washes is like you. If so, if a bird shits on your car, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go get that washed. I'll run through the, uh, oh, not even like the red carpet place, the place that you just pay like eighteen bucks or twenty bucks to run it through the thing. Yeah, like hmm, the, I don't know what it is, eighteen twenty. Yeah, bucks, but I see. Think? Yeah, no, you're you're about right, Eddie, and that's what eats at me. That's why I put Tiffany on the membership because it's like twenty five dollars for the membership. Yeah, and you could do it every single day if you wanted to. Actually, I got the membership where they clean the interior too. Oh, that's nice. That's a nice little mm. touch. But I don't um, want to feel like an asshole going there every week to get my interior cleaned. So I've done it once, and I've paid like three months of 
It is it is so interesting far. the times you choose to be the nice guy and when to be the asshole. Like that is an interesting balance to watch you walk because you don't have anyone to govern it. Yeah, like because you're you're just you. Like you you dictate your own time where you're going to be, what you're going to do. I I have you have, I have a, to look over my shoulder and fear. Sense of my time, like I don't really control my time. <laughs> well, you know, like you don't answer to anybody else on it. Like you I do what you're going to do. I just fight to find time when I can go to sleep. <laughs> Whether it's a nap or just bed, especially during the NBA season. Although last night I've I've racked out before the game even started, so I was done. It's a good one. Um, it was finally okay. So back to it. You mentioned NLI uh, uh, twelve team playoff. Um, if there's one thing that I did take away, because I didn't think like. The name, image, likeness, or the Big Twelve, or the uh, the twelve team playoff stuff was just like necessarily major breaking news of anything that Riley said. But I think it did like reinforce my idea that for as young as Riley is in the coaching game, quote unquote, he is very old school. Like we've always talked about his ability, or like I think his He's love grounded in old school for the, for the yep. game of college football. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk about somebody that is a protector of the sport of college football. I don't know why, like, and maybe people do, but I don't know why people don't look at him more as, and I know this is going to sound really bad on an OU podcast, but, like, from the Nick Saban brand of the protection of college football as opposed to, I can't even think of, like... The wild that's trying to ruin it with his fancy Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but you're kind of on the right track as far as, like, he's closer to the old-school thinking... With a new age mentality, no, right. yeah, I, I don't know. I I did that did strike me yesterday though. He errs on the side of kind of like, uh, like he player, wants players to get paid, yeah. but he wants to also say, "Wait a second, let's make sure that we're doing this in a way that doesn't hurt the locker room and, or kill the sport of amateurism right. in college football." Right. Which I think it can and will be done. I just, I just people that are upset about it. It's like everything else. Uh, people probably didn't like it when they brought the three-point shot in, but now it's a part of the game, and everybody's now. If they will get rid, if they will just give Major League Baseball players their ability to wear their own uniforms during All-Star games, that's going too far. I was kind of caught in between the way that they were describing the uniforms on like the radio on the way on down radio, to Arlington. Awful. I was like, God, these things are awful. And then I turned on the TV. And I was like, eh, They're not. Right. I mean, they're not the yeah. best. I yeah. prefer them just to wear their own uniforms, but. They're going to make money off of it. Yeah, that's why they do it. Um, okay, so as far as Lincoln uh, and, and everything else, I did say this. He did address his brisket. He was talk- I was sitting there. He was talking to Mark Rogers uh, on the Sports Animal, uh, and Mark asked him about his brisket and said, you know, people kind of made fun of it. They said it looked dry, and it did kind of look dry in no, the they picture. They didn't kind of make fun of it. He got paraded around well, as Well, you the- can't say... You were the laughing stock of Twitter, Lincoln. Now let me ask you a question. Well, I think he knows that he was. <laughs> you have to. So, but did you hear the reasoning that Lincoln gave on his brisket? And he said it was it was fantastic. He cooked it in a Worcestershire bath. I've never heard of brisket being cooked in that, but I'm also not like I, I said this on the board. I'm not a I am not a barbecue snob. I'll eat if you put brisket in front of me. I'll at least try it. Yeah. But the thing, what it was, his brother-in-law told him that. He should put it in a a a Worcestershire broth 
to cook at the end of the cook, like after he'd already smoked it. So this is Caitlin's brother's fault? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Not. Can't even claim. She's from the town over from Mulshu, right? Yeah. Sad. They must do things differently. So he decided that he would just, he did it, and I guess he liked it, and he decided he would cook the entire brisket in a Worcestershire bath. I mean, now I kind of want and that, to try and, a brisket. And he said that explains why it didn't have a smoke ring. I kind of want to try it. But he said, I think he even said it was the juiciest brisket he'd ever made. And he would do it again. And he invited me over to his house to have it the next time. That should be a Scoop HD feature. Be kind of awkward if you were standing around filming my radio station. Just pretend I'm not here. Only for you, uh -huh. I guess. It wouldn't be awkward for me. I'm just showing up to do work. <laughs> not sure Eddie's a team player. <laughs> Uh, he's there getting content. I mean, that, that's just team. That's team right down the line. Yeah, there we go. I guess I should have my own personal guy for that kind of stuff, shouldn't I? <laughs> That'd be next level. Who are? Oh, are you? Who are you covering? I'm care. I'm covering Carrie Murdoch at Big Twelve Media Days. Just have a badge that says Billy Smith. He's with Carrie Murdoch. They'd be like, "Why? Eddie needs the guy." <laughs> I did tell Eddie this, and it, it uh, I think it, it got his head a little big. I don't know if he'll be able to get through the doorway going out of here, but I'm not talking one. I'm not talking two. I'm talking several people came up to me, and I don't know if Eddie, maybe Eddie is doing this behind my back. I'm I sending people, it. yeah. Uh, but accusing me of doing a poor job of managing Eddie as an influencer. I think they're taking that a little too literal. They basically said I'm that influencing you, should, anything. you should be making a shit ton of money, and it's my fault that you're not. I'm sure Eddie's not going to argue that point. Sure. Sign me up. Blame, blame Carrie. Yep. Nailed it. I've told him of some plans I have. I just need $5,000 from a Nigerian prince, and we'll put it right in, into, into, into play. I think that's Did perfect. Did those guys ever send you the money back? I never get it back. <laughs> no, they do it. They do it, but it's in uh, smaller increments than what you expect. Okay. Is it in like happiness? Is it is it a happy life? Something payments? like is that. that, that, that yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So let's get to some recruiting because so there's some announcements coming up, and we'll come back to Big Twelve if we need to. Um, it. I mean, I think that kind of covers it. There was. Yeah. A, yeah. There was. Much. It's like I told you, Bob, when we were leaving yesterday. It's like, I don't think it's necessarily newsworthy that Lincoln Riley comes out and says that they have two starters in the running back room in Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks, but it is good to hear that. And it didn't stop Bob from writing an article about it. But it also, at the and same we time... we got another one coming here later. And at the same time... <laughs> bits and pieces. Got to remember, it's 51 days till kickoff in New Orleans. You know... The one thing, and I know Kerry was driving, uh, Eddie was dealing with uh, with car stuff, and Bob, uh, you know, w I know, I think had kiddo swim to stuff sick. today. Oh. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> that's Bob's role on know, trips is not to get sick in the car. It really that's is. <laughs> uh, and not did, to get like, Bob. Is it like tires. a sense of accomplishment every time you get somewhere? Like you feel like you've won. When I'm a passenger, yes, there is a, absolutely <laughs> a sense of. When I'm driving, I've never had a problem. But when I'm the passenger, yeah. yes. I'm like, oh, I did it. Although I yes. am concerned that Bob is a saboteur. 
I got I got nails in my in my pocket. I, I think he just right puts nails in front of your your tire before you pull out of a gas station, just because that's a thrill for him. It's like an arsonist, but for tires. I didn't want to. I I, I didn't <laughs> say anything about the tire on the way down because I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to break the good mojo that we had in the car. I didn't want to break the uh, anybody's spirits, if you will. So you do yeah, think he could be a saboteur? Uh, no, I think that I think the nail in the tire had happened before I picked Bob up. Okay. So you think I did that last October too, and lo- going to Lubbock? Well, I did. I, pers- I, I intentionally threw it so that I'd miss Kobe McKenzie's game and make my Saturday. Up. I didn't then, but Adventure. now after this trip, <laughs> you're questionable. It's like. I will say I did watch a, a, a cell phone bomber, uh, a, a guy who was living a double life. It was a, a, a dateline the other night in my hotel room last night uh, because I woke up at 2 a.m. and I had nothing else to do. Uh, it, he, was, uh, he was living a double life with a family in Pennsylvania, and he was trying to kill his wife with cell phone bombs. I think so, I've seen that one. So I'm really into conspiracy. I had conspiracies on the mind when I, I think woke I've up seen that one. Of it's course, really that's one. the shit yeah. Eddie's actually seen. Of course, I've seen every day. I've seen every Dateline <laughs> ever made. Datelines are fantastic to watch. I am a nut for Keith Morrison. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what I what I was gonna say, and I just, just, well, <laughs> Don't just change a the second. subject, John Makowitch. <laughs> as as a non OU related media day thing. Did you guys see the comments from Steve Sarkeesian during his uh his yes. winning is Wow. Texas football coach like Steve Herman. Sarkeesian said it's easy to find success by a record. He looks at it from a daily basis and if they are growing as a team and getting better. And you can't sprinkle uh, dust or something like that. Yeah. They hired, a re- <laughs> they hired a recovering alcoholic. What kind of stuff did you think he was going to say? This is therapy <laughs> talk. But no, this is what that that's perfectly perfectly presented for this Instead next. Uh, Anwar Richardson tweets: Texas football coach Steve Sarkeesian has said magical fairy dust and winning is hard during Big Twelve media days. He has no clue about the PTSD he's causing with Longhorn fans. <laughs> I, I again, to, do you have you guys ever met a recovering addict like? Do you think instead of like uh, they live that type of life every day? That's ins- the kind of stuff they say. Instead of putting uh, stickers and helmet decals on their helmet after touchdowns, they're going to give them tokens on the sidelines. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. <laughs> More like affirmations on their helmets, you know, under or their t-shirts underneath will be, you know, they'll be like affirmations. I did talk things. to somebody yesterday about Texas and. I just was kind of asking them about Sarkeesian and stuff, and they don't really know just because they haven't been through a full season with them yet, uh, just from, like, media policy and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I kind of had this idea that Hudson Card was going to be the starter. I talked to multiple people yesterday that think Casey Thompson is going to be the guy down there, or at least to begin the season. I don't know what that means, but uh, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of notable. By the way, I would like to say, I just thought about this, I am not trying to slander people who are recovering alcoholics. No, I mean there. I'm sure we have several listeners that are. I'm just saying, they don't live the same type of life that a lot of people live. They they're very thoughtful in what they say and how they do things, because they have to be. Like they just look at life differently. Sure. I mean, there's not going to be. I a, think everybody. I, I think any I recovering think any... alcoholic. If you ever said. Would you want to take a head coaching football job at one of the most high-profile universities in the country? They would probably say, "Hell no." 
feel like you, I feel like there's a prerequisite there that you need to be able to have a drink every once in a while. Exactly. No, I, 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 I think that everybody agrees with you, and I think even the I don't want to get most canceled. adamant Oklahoma fan would saying something hope that, that everything goes well with in, Sark in terms of uh, his yeah. recovery. I'm sensitive to that whole thing because I I know people, so it's just they're just different. They just are, and that's that's the way that they operate, and that's understandable. So there you go. Not trying to get canceled, and I'm not apologizing just because I don't want to get canceled. I mean, I'm going to get canceled at some point, but it's going to be for something better than uh, slandering Steve, Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Josh. Go ahead. If, I mean, was that the end of the point? No, no. It was. It was I, I just thought OU fans would enjoy a moment of like I, I'm sure there are Texas fans with like their ears over their eyes and you know ears just crying somewhere. That this is Anwar said it perfectly. That is all of their PTSD triggers just being fired in like a 10-second 10, 10 soundbite. Mike Gundy saying that Spencer Sanders has uh, improved more in the last two months or over the course of the two months of spring than he didn't. That kind of struck me in a different way. I've talked to a lot of people up there that think that straight up Shelly Ellingworth is a better quarterback. It Yeah, it sounds like something. He gave a lot of, a lot of praise to Shane, too. It sounds like someone. Gundy did. Yeah. It sounds like something you would say. When you've kind of been an asshole to a person for a while, and you want to try and mend fences, I, mean, I don't know how big of an asshole he's been to him. As much as he probably hasn't been an asshole enough to him, as far as his development goes, because he it was definitely being a real big asshole, and he wanted to just say it stalled over the last work. year, basically. And was there a single game last year that you look back and you say Spencer Sanders played? He played well against Texas, but he also turned the ball over a couple. But he times. wasn't healthy. I mean. Well, he's running, and how much can you put into it last year with the offensive line that he's playing behind, too? Yeah, that's a big part of it. I think the By big the question way, mark I mean, as far as, like, about... three through seven in the Big 12 right now, or three through eight, maybe. Josh, when we talk about floors and ceiling, I mean, obviously, Texas always has a high ceiling. But I think Oklahoma State could have a higher ceiling than Iowa State has. They don't have the same, their, their floor is a lot lower. And maybe maybe you could say it's equal or not quite, but I'm I'm just trying to point out I think Oklahoma State ceiling is underrated. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm a little I'm a little more bullish on Iowa State than you are. I I, I mean, and it's something um, I, I heard you know Gabe and Teddy talking about in their pod, like they were talking about the possibility that like about bad Iowa State might game. have. Hey, you know, just just you know, gonna give credit where it's due, and I think they're right. It's an interesting point. You could make the case that at every single skill position, Iowa State has the best player at that position. They've got the best tight end. They've got the best running back. I, I don't think they have the best quarterback, but a case could be made for the experience of Brock Purdy. Um, and then at wide receiver, Xavier Hutchinson's a monster that just literally was going through his first year last year. I mean, he could he could elevate his game considerably. So. I think I'm a little higher on Iowa State than you are, and I don't know. I mean, well, Oklahoma State's line like should be better. I'm not high on Iowa State. No, I think very well Iowa State could be the Big 12 champions when it's all said and yeah. done. Do you think – what what you're saying is you think Oklahoma State could be. No, I, I think don't if, see that. I think if Iowa State would have to falter a little bit. I mean, that's what – but, I mean, if you're saying Oklahoma you State's ceiling is better. Right, then they'd have to be just as capable. Their ceilings are similar. 
What I'm saying okay. is Oklahoma State, if they play to their potential, they mm. could have a better season than Iowa State. The the team that I can't figure out, I don't know how I feel about TCU at all. I don't I don't I don't know where I'm at on them. I like a lot of their pieces, but I've done it too many times. Sure. Where I'm like, okay, this is the year finally Gary Patterson gets back to being the guy we all think he is, and then they're just catastrophically bad on offense. And Max Duggan, I think, is super talented, but at some point you've got to start being a consistent offense to actually be a good quarterback. No, I agree. And he's he's feast or famine. I think for all yep. three of those teams, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Iowa State, it comes down to what they're going to get out of the quarterback position. Because yeah. we, we've seen all three of those guys as far as I mean, uh, Sanders, Purdy, and Duggan, they've all flashed at times. By the way, here's here's one thing. I, this is going to get pointed out on the pod, and I just want to point this out. We talk about Iowa State versus Oklahoma State. Do you know who won that game last year, Josh? Um, Oklahoma State won that game last year. It was in Stillwater, though, right? Yeah. So they go up to Ames this year? It's kind of the, one of the What's few the date on healthy that? Spencer. Was, uh, Is that October early? 24th. That so was, it's early in the year? That would have been oh, no, what, what two about weeks this after year? they would have played it. This year. Oklahoma, right? This uh, year. Yeah, something like that. When do they play Iowa State this year? Yeah. Hold on. Uh, 2021. I, I want to say it's earlier in the season. October 23rd, so right about the same time. Uh, about the same time. Yeah. I think Iowa State. I, I don't know. I guess I'm going mean, to I'm talking State, myself into buying in. Iowa but. State. I believe that they could end up in the college football playoff. I'm not saying the same thing about Oklahoma State. I'm just saying they're going to have to go 11-1, and though, Iowa State. Right, and win the Big 12 championship, I think. They yeah, would have to they win have, the Big 12. They'll have to go undefeated Oklahoma and then get beat by OU in the Big 12. without winning the Big 12 because of their reputation. Sure. Even if they end on a loss? Yeah. If I mean, it would have to. They you wouldn't have to have. They like, would lose to Iowa, to Iowa State in the Big 12 if, championship. If both were really close games, yeah, and those were <laughs> clear. I mean, those were... And there, let's say there was only one other, one loss or one other. No, there was a no loss team, and the other team were like one loss teams. The the thing that makes it weird for, and the the thing that opens the door for Iowa State this year, and an idea that the Big Twelve could possibly get two teams in, is just because you look at the SEC, you look at the Big Ten, and the fact that those teams are going to have to fill other spots. Or, I mean, fill the quarterback position. Like we wouldn't be well, saying the Pac-12 this. Pac twelve get a team if, this year? I don't know. No, I mean, Pac twelve doesn't no. play football <laughs> no. unless USC goes undefeated. I which mean, I think the big, I think Ohio State has the talent to get one. USC's uh, schedule is incredibly easy. Yeah, I mean they play the rest of the Pac twelve teams. <laughs> you know, looking at Iowa State's schedule, they really shouldn't be tested until Oklahoma State comes. I mean, they've got Iowa. I mean, uh, sorry, they should only have one real test before they play Oklahoma State on October 23rd. I mean, Northern I Iowa, UNLV, at Baylor, Kansas, off, and then at K-State. I don't know what Iowa's coming back this year with, but, like, God, they would. you would think that this year could be the year that they beat it by two touchdowns, right? I know that's asking a lot. I think Iowa's supposed to be pretty down this year. I, when's Iowa ever been up? We know what they're, they're going to be every year. Eight and four forever. Yeah, they're eight and four yeah. and and nine and three with a really good year, or, or a ten and two Kirk every. Parents is never on the hot seven seat. years. His son needs to get another DUI. Maybe mix it up a little bit. 
We've said a lot of candles. Okay, I want to talk about recruiting because uh, we're going a little bit long here. Uh, but obviously some big announcements coming up. Josh, uh, I don't know if you want to – is there much to catch us up on since last pod? Mm, I mean, I, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll start with the, the negative. And obviously Oklahoma lost out yesterday uh, on Wednesday, Austin Jordan, the cornerback from Denton Ryan, which – I'll I'll totally admit came as a surprise to me. A lot of people I talked Same to, yep. the perception had been that it was Oklahoma that that everybody thought it was. He took his final official visit to Texas. From what I can gather, that was just kind of enough to push him towards Texas. What What's interesting is sometimes when I'll see, oh, you lose a guy they want, you get that feeling of like competition, like oh, guys are kind of pissed off about this. Even the night going in, I was talking to sources, not not at Oklahoma, but from other schools that were kind of like, eh, even if you know if he's going to Oklahoma, you know, fine, whatever. Like th- there wasn't this general feeling. And then when I after it happened, I haven't gotten the kind of uh, you know I'll give a good example the Doyle Green Beckham treatment where it was like, man just fury just mad pissed off like just felt like that you know things were led astray i I don't get that from this situation i it's not and i'm certainly not trying to cover up this is a guy that OU, to my understanding absolutely was ready to take yesterday they lost they they just did but i think they know he's a guy they can find others this isn't this isn't gentry williams this isn't gabe dindy this this isn't the guy that Man, this class, it, like, you can't just find a guy to plug in there. So that that's a hit. But moving forward, this should be a fun weekend for OU fans from everything we understand. With Austin Jordan, there was kind of a feeling of, like, I think I know this. With these other guys, like, you feel a little more confident. You feel like things are moving in the right direction for Oklahoma. Uh, you'll start so you're setting with, the uh, stage up for people's hearts to just be completely crushed, is what you're saying. Yes, yes. And, you know, uh, send all those emails to C. Murdoch. Um, but uh no um at hotmail.com the, <laughs> the uh it'll start with Trayon Webb uh the 2023 Rivals 100 running back offer uh from Jacksonville Florida he's going to announce i think at noon uh maybe is that 11 local for us i'm trying to remember how if i've done Three the math on Three eastern that. two central two is that what it is okay okay yep so um he's going to announce down to Ohio State Oklahoma and Georgia I I feel pretty good about where OU is. I can't believe I'm saying that. I thought going into Champion Barbecue, it was really going to be tough for anybody to beat Ohio State. It kind of felt like um, last year with the oh and the who's the running back that I just loved from Virginia who ended up going to Ohio State and oh you never got to look. I'm just going to blank Trey, out his name. Uh, so, Travion. Yes, yes, and, and I. Yep. Thank you, Bob. That was really going to be a great aside with no name to go with it. Um, but no, I think Oklahoma just did a lot with him. He's really developed a strong relationship with DeMarco Murray. Um, the thing that I think OU fans will like if, should they land him is his very close relationship with Brandon Ennis. They are boyhood friends. He will begin recruiting him and that could be huge for Oklahoma to land the number one wide receiver in the 2023 class. Then you've got Caden Helms, who I think – I know it's in the evening, Bob. Is it 6? It's 5. I'm terrible with time. Yeah. So, and he's going to do it on local news, um, announce his decision. So, there is um, – again, the uh, and sorry, I didn't give my carry notice. 
This is a tight end from Bellevue, Nebraska. Um, another guy that was at Champion Barbecue. He was also at the spring game and really has felt very likely for Oklahoma for a while. I know North Carolina really gave him a lot to think about. He loved that visit. For people that haven't been out there, that's an incredible campus. I mean, that that is a cool place to visit. I can absolutely get why a kid, you know, especially with a skilled head coaching recruiter like Mac Brown, why a kid could fall in love there. But I, I, I never really had a lot of doubt that this feels like this should go Oklahoma's way. But we'll, you know, obviously have to, everybody have to watch Saturday night. And then Sunday, the one that everybody's been waiting months and months for is the final decision from Malachi Nelson, the number two overall player and number one quarterback in the 2023 class. He's going to decide. He, he put out a top list, I think, of like 12 or 10 or something earlier this week. It's really, it's OU and USC. That's always what that battle has felt like to me. I, it's going to be interesting because in a lot of cases you'd say, well, once, if OU should land him, then USC is not going to give up. Kind of like what we're seeing with Relique Brown. But the difference is at quarterback, you can't really do that because you can't alienate. You, you've got to get a quarterback and there's plenty of other good ones out there for USC to chase and pursue. So I'm going to guess they shift their focus. They may still talk to him and still try to, you know, get him come down for a visit, see if there's any, any luck there. But you're not going to see, in my opinion, the same fervor. And then Oklahoma can kind of move forward. And something interesting I've learned, and, you know, I, I'm interested to hear, um, you know, again, should it go OU's way? I'm interested to hear Eddie get a chance to talk with Malachi a little bit. He has a relationship with Caleb Williams that goes back a little ways. So I kind of want to hear if that had a hand in this, you know, if that played a role in him having such early interest in Oklahoma. Could it seem like from the minute that offer happened, things really progressed fast with OU. So I kind of want to hear. A weird one. Two years yeah, yeah. Up, opposite ends of the country. It, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a it, – th- it's due to the QB collective. They, they've done some work together and they've known each other. And it sounds like, you know, pretty early on, Malachi recognized that Caleb was a little older and very good and just kind of took an interest in kind of following his footsteps a little bit. So, like I said, that, that's going to be an interesting thing to kind of hear more about and learn a little bit about. But um, I, I like where OU is there. I, I think it's going to be a big surprise to most everyone if it's not Oklahoma. Uh, but, you know, anytime you're talking about a, a hometown kid, you, 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 you want to see him say it publicly before you know, okay, this, th- this thing is, is done. As far as, you know, and I, you kind of alluded to it there, and it's been, I think, written about. It's been talked about. We've talked about it here on this pod uh, before. But once you get Nelson in that 2023 class, you start shaping that thing up to be, it could be really, really special, right? Oh, absolutely. I, it, it was funny. Somebody posted um, on the board an old scoop that was, it was, it came out right after Rep Bomar committed to Oklahoma. And it was, it was the same time of year. So almost at the same time, Bob Stoops was doing his press conference in the Big 12 media days, and he was talking about how important it is to land your quarterback because he can you can build that class around, especially you know if kids know him and they know he's elite and those sort of things. And you know from there, OU landed guys like Allen Davis and and Chris Patterson and you know some other big time recruits in that class that you know had varying levels of success. But uh, when you get a guy like that, I mean, you guys, you know, we look at it. Look at that Caleb Williams class. I mean, and that was, 
a very good group, small, not as highly ranked as some might expect, but when you look at the you know quality, uh, the um, average star rating, things like that, that's a very good class. You look back at Spencer Rattler's group when he committed. Well, then, you know, Theo, Trajans, uh, Jaden Hazelwood, you start getting all those guys involved. So it's it's just easier because all these guys know, whether it's a receiver that wants to catch passes from him or a defensive lineman, you're not winning a national championship without a great quarterback. So if you go and get the best guy in the country, according to most, then, hey, you know, we can win with that guy. So I can go there and I can go play. And if you think for a second, oh, you, you know, like I said, Malachi Nelson being the number two player in the country, if you think in a second they won't try to turn that into currency with Lebius Overton, the number one overall player, the only guy in the country in the rivals rankings ahead of Malachi Nelson, you are crazy. They, they will absolutely do that. Try, you know, make it into, oh, this could be historic. You know, the top two guys in the country have never gone to the same school. This is going to be a big deal. And, OU has a chance to pull that off, which is crazy to say. And I'm not trying to get anybody too nuts, but it's, I mean, they, they've made a move with Lebius Overton. If they can get Malachi Nelson, they're halfway home. Well, we've talked about it before, too, just as far as it feels like if they're, if they're not over the hump, they are at the very tip top of that edge as far as starting to recruit elite nationally defensively. I, I don't think there's any question. I mean, I, I don't know. We haven't even brought it up, but I, I put in a forecast this week for Kenyatta Jackson uh, to Oklahoma, a four-star Rivals 100 kid out of South Florida that Ohio, you know, went and took an official visit to Ohio State last week. I, I, I think OU is right there in the thick of this, and I just think the way something kind of the it, it's not so much that I know OU leads right now, but when I watch and look at what the way the dominoes are going to kind of fall, I, I I think he ends up as part of this class, and I just like what I'm hearing in regard to that whole situation. And yet again. It's Jamar Kane guy. At some point, everybody's got to figure out that if he's involved, OU's got as good a chance as anybody. What's funny is, you know, Stoops is saying that in 2003, almost 20 years later, it's even more magnified about having a quarterback as your re- recruiting guy. And it really says a lot for 2022 that OU is going to be around the top five the entire cycle, and they don't have a quarterback. It, I, I'm really just kind of astounded that they've been able to keep that momentum when you don't have there, there is no face of this class i thought it might be Cetron. i thought it it could be someone like that and then he he leaves and you don't have a quarterback and it'll be curious when visits happen in the fall it, will there be anyone that kind of takes that mantle and becomes the face of the class you know there are Guys that you know that I think have the right type of mentality to be that guy that kind of you know like they enjoy trying to bring guys together and trying to do those things. A guy that's been interesting to me in in that sort of conversation is Jason Llewellyn. For all you know, when he committed, everybody's like, "Oh, it's another Alito guy." We're not we're not falling in love with that. He has been super gung ho. I mean, very into it. Uh, Was like, (laughs) from what I can understand. Uh, OU's planned event here later in the month, he was expecting, or he was, you know, they were talking to him about being there, and it sounded like he issued an apology that he had to be on vacation. You know, like, kids going with his family <laughs> somewhere. So, like, it, he he's just kind of that kind of kid. Um, 
Gavin Sawchuck is another one that I think would be interesting, and it, it's a little tough for Gavin because he's so far. That's usually yep. the that that's a little harder to pull off, but I, I being the elite guy that's well known like he is uh, has committed early, you know, and and has been to OU several times. Like so, there is some familiarity there. Um, I don't, but I mean, bottom line, I don't see anybody that's obvious like that. Oh yeah, that makes sense because even you know, and people say, oh, well, it could have been Talon. You know, Bob, you know as well as I do, I don't think that's his personality type. Like, I don't think that was ever going to be him. Now, he could have been like, oh, you could have kind of packaged him that way a little bit and kind of made and him the go-to guy. And I think you could have put him with Hudson and Burden, and mm-hmm. that trio could have yeah. done it. Sure, and then that felt sure. Worse. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's so funny. If I'd have told everybody three months ago that the last wide receiver in this class was going to be Luther Burden. No one would have believed me, ever, ever. And, I mean, you look at Luther saying and doing the right things. I mean, like, I know he's going on some visits and that sort of thing, but people have to accept that's just part of the way it goes right now. But from what I was told, his visit went very well at the end of June. And, you know, Oklahoma's not foolish, but they they feel good about where they are. He's a kid that, again, I, I say it over and over again, but it's just because it's true. When a commitment is relaying the information to their coaches or to the coaches they're committed to, that means something. It's not the guys that don't say anything, those are the guys you got to worry about. Luther Burden, literally every time I hear some buzz or some gossip, sources have already heard it. Like it's not, it, there's nothing I've ever brought that was like, oh, that's newsworthy. It is known. And so he does a very good job of not letting anything scare Oklahoma. All right. Um, Speak now or forever hold your peace if we've got anything else recruiting related to get to. After this weekend, does every, do we hit that period of the year where, you know, everybody kind of starts shifting that focus into high school seasons, regular season as far as college football? Or do you think there will be another small uptick before we really get rolling you know by the middle of august september yeah you got that Uh, one week window it feels like once it ends mm -hmm. july 24th go ahead josh yep i know i i I agree with bob i I think you're looking and if it's not done by august 1st it's probably not going to happen until some more visits happen like i I think that's what you're what you're talking about but if you wanted to you know just to throw some names out kenyatta jackson is a guy i would be watching luke has from bixby the 2023 tight end i'd still be watching him um, I, I kind of am leaning more and more away that he actually is going to take a little time, but you never know. The guy that's really interesting, and it's just because there's a lot of things in play with him, is Jaden Scarlett. The uh, defensive lineman was at uh, a private school in Dallas area, has now transferred to a powerhouse at Argyle, Texas. Um, he had he tweeted out yesterday, uh, you know, he's 99.99, you know, to the 12th power, uh, sure of what he uh, – percent sure of what his decision was going to be everybody believes that to be an a and i think that's correct I, I think that is what he's thinking i think that's where his head's at the interesting problem is a&m's in on some guys like bear alexander and gabe dindy and some of those other guys so at some point they're going to have to make some decisions now if you're ou and you feel like a&m's your primary uh you know competition with gabe dindy Take Jaden Scarlett. We'll let you have. I mean, like, and don't get me wrong. OU likes Jaden Scarlett a lot from everything I understand. 
But if you're going to say have Gabe Dendy or have Jaden Scarlett, I think it's a fairly straightforward decision. But, you know, maybe A&M feels like, ah, we don't know if we're going to get Dendy. We're not as sure about that. So they take Scarlett, and it, it creates a harder number for them to hit with Gabe Dendy. I don't know, but that's just something to think about because, like I said, on the defensive line, it is amazing this year, the interconnection. And I, I honestly, I think it's more about it's this way every year with the Ohio States, Alabamas, Georgias, those top five or six elite recruiters because defensive linemen are just so hard to come by. OU's just now moving into that group where they're – they're having to sort out where everybody's going to go, and there's kind of a domino effect to what everybody's doing. So those those are the three that after um, this weekend I still think are probably worth keeping an eye on. Here's the thought. Have, have, have we officially reached the stage of, and I think that it was maybe more so about a month and a half ago he, he made the trip out to Los Angeles, but uh, Gentry Williams, USC, that's kind of died down, hasn't it? It's weird. It's almost, uh, you know, somebody told the people to take a breath, mm-hmm. let it, let it, let it breathe for a minute. And if only we knew who. Yeah, yeah, you know. Now with um, that, with saying that, he'll probably commit to USC tomorrow. So yes, no. It, as soon as I, <laughs> as soon as I start flexing like an asshole, I get what I get what I'm due. But uh, no, you know, it is. Um, uh, I I I think Oklahoma is still in a really good spot. I am actually working with Gentry. We're supposed to catch up here over the weekend, maybe early next week. Um and kind of just go over some stuff because he's one of those guys. Most guys like that I know well, like Gentry, I can just be like, oh, let's talk tonight. Gentry and I talk for about forty five minutes when we talk. He's one of the few guys that I get into that kind of length of conversation with. So I've got to kind of got to plan out my time a little bit better. But he is. Um, I- I'm interested to hear what he says. I know that Oklahoma has done a lot over the last couple of weeks. Um really trying to build the relationship with his mom. That's something that came out of his trip in June was that, you know, dad and Gentry felt a lot of communication. They felt very comfortable with OU, um, but maybe mom didn't feel like she had the same ability. Just pick up a phone and call whatever coach you wanted to talk to. And I think OU's work to address that. Last thing for me, Josh, is uh, we're a couple weeks away from – when they could bring kids back, who would they want to bring for if, if you want one last big summer blowout, who's maybe a couple of those kids that haven't been there yet that they still would like to try to get to campus before the season starts? Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting in how you want to go with that. Do you want to, you know, like you said, do you want to bring guys back? You know, maybe, you know, to me, one of the first ones would be Micah Tease. I want to get Micah Tease on board and then have an OU commitment hanging out with Gentry Williams every day of the week. And I mean, and forget that aspect of it just because I think Micah Tease is very good. Um, so I think a guy like that is interesting. I have been told that Jacoby Johnson is looking to come back again. I think that feels like that's picking up some momentum all of a sudden again a little bit with uh, the, the 2023 DB offer from Mustang. But yeah, I mean, some of the guys that are that are a little, you know, kind of, um, uh, I, I guess, interesting to watch will be some of the offensive linemen. I, I want to see um, can they get Cam Dewberry up? Because if Cam Dewberry doesn't come up, and I said this back in the spring, if he doesn't come in the summer, just wash your hands of that situation. It's not going to happen. Like I, I just don't believe with all the trips he's taken, all the things he's gone to see, 
that if he was that serious about OU, I feel like he'd come up. Um, he hasn't been there in, you know, almost 18 months now. So it, it just kind of – and, I mean, that number sounds bigger. We all know COVID affects that. But he's been a lot of places in the interim. So at some point you need that guy to make the trip. Um, you know, but, I, you know, as I look down the list, I don't know that there's a lot of guys that they have to get – the one of the ones that would be interesting is, uh, and I'll stick to the offensive line again, is Neto uh, Umiyazelu. I'm not sure I'm gonna say his name right. The big offensive lineman from Allen. I know OU's had a lot of interest. I've been told it's been reciprocal for a long time, but I don't know that he's ever come up to visit. Now, I don't know if, I, and frankly, I don't know that he's visited many places. So I don't know that that's something you should draw too much from. But at some point, you need to get the guy on campus, especially a guy from Allen, where Oklahoma has a lot of connections. Um, or and, did you know? Uh, well, you're right. Did I mean? It, and that's an interesting thing too. With Neto, uh, he's got a younger brother that's very well regarded, and then they David Hicks has moved. Uh, the big defensive lineman that used to be at K, uh, in the KDISD is now at Allen, and at some point OU is going to have to address that situation with Chad Morris. Allen just has too much talent for OU to not be there, and all that kind of happened there with Chandler as he was leaving. Uh, you know it. it we talked about the time. I. This is why you don't do those things. Like, just let him go. Let him be gone because it creates these weird tensions that you just didn't need. When Max Duggan becomes a really good quarterback, then he can be mad at Gary Patterson when he tries to block. <laughs> Gary, oh, that's was right. They didn't like start that. Chandler Morris anyways. Chandler, yeah. screw over Max Duggan. 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 Yeah, he's probably part of the Duggar family anyways. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> They suck. <laughs> they do suck. Oh, they've got, yeah. they yes, do suck. they're terrible. They're not good people. All right. Uh, I think that does it. I think we're good. Um, no real news on the, the hoops front, right, Bob? Jaden Shackelford is still out there. That's about all. We're sort of just waiting on when he's going to make his call. Does he go back to Bama? Does he go to Texas Tech? Does he go with the Sooners? And if he goes to OU, does that officially – that has to mean someone's out the door, so you would assume that's Marvin Johnson. I'm more intrigued that if Jaden goes to Lubbock or goes back to the Tide, would Porter Moser bring Marvin Johnson back to the team? It's just something that hasn't been clarified. You have asked for like a statement or something, but nothing's really been put out there about what's officially going on. A lot of reading between the lines. A lot of sources saying Marvin's not been at practice, but nothing has been officially said. All right. Well, much more to come from uh, Arlington and Big 12 Media Days. Is uh, I know Bob's got another story coming up uh, later on this afternoon. Uh, it uh, You'll definitely want to be a part of. And uh, Eddie's got more video to come as well from players. Uh, and uh, we'll have lots more coverage as we get closer. It was, it was fun, fellas. It was good to talk about football, to really break it all down. Uh, it, like I said when we started, it was great to uh, just see people in person, ask questions, be able to ask follow just see how they reacted. Uh, and thanks again to Quick Trip for uh, sponsoring our trip down to Big 12 Media Days. Uh, go follow them at quicktrip.com. Uh, send them a little shout-out if you want to. Uh, also, rating and reviews, uh, go to Apple Podcasts. And, and I want to say one thing real quick because we get a lot of people that are like, when does it post, when does it post, when does it, when does it post? It's not up yet on Apple. If you listen to the pod, go subscribe. Hit the subscribe button on uh, Apple Podcasts because here's what happens. We post it to our host, which is SoundCloud. You can always get it there first. 
But if you subscribe on Apple, which most people listen to the podcast off of Apple iTunes, um, then what happens is if you subscribe, you will get the episode earlier and you won't have to wait for it to show up in the description, uh, the, the podcast page. So that's why you want to subscribe. So go ahead and, and uh, go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast. That way it'll make sure that you get it the fastest uh, that you can possibly get it each and every week when it comes out. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks to uh, the, the hard work from the crew all week and uh, the hardest work from Eddie, who still has more to go. Uh, flying out to California. So we'll see you guys. Some things never change. We'll see you guys uh, (laughs) next week right here on another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.